And you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. You're joined by myself, Lawson, got Nikita in the studio as well, living our best lives, having, you know, conversations about all kinds of things. We're just talking about procrastination. I think Mm. a lot of people found it. We've, you know, got a few text messages in about it. A lot of people found it very insightful. But before we get into anything else, we just need to look at our quiz question. Because, guys, this is your second last opportunity for today and not just you know for today and then it will be drawn at the end of the week but it will be drawn today we are having a draw every single day we're spinning the wheel every single day and we also know that there are people who don't necessarily want to get in for the prize Mm. but just want to play the quiz for fun and send in correct answers or incorrect answers and see whether they were right or not hey you can still do that. What we say is either state it or start it. So just like say mm. you can you can write like the answer to a question and then you can write beside it like, oh, I'm just playing for fun. Or you can put a little asterisk or a star emoji. We'll know exactly what that means and yes. we won't put you into the draw. But you can play anyway. Maybe you've won a prize uh, recently. You don't want a prize or just want to play for fun. But at the same time, if you haven't won a prize, That's a you, really should, good you should – win this this is fantastic but hey before we get into anything else let's have our next question yes so it's a fill in the blank and being in agony he prayed more earnestly then his sweat became like great drops of blank falling down to the ground now the reference there is luke 22 verse 44 oh amazing repeat that again to us again and being in agony he prayed more earnestly then his sweat became like great drops of blank falling down to the ground. Mm. Luke 22, verses 44. Now, the answer to that one is 0491-064-669. Again, the Atheism Prophecy by Ivor Myers, how Christianity fueled atheism, how these things have grown and grown and grown as political ideologies, mm. and also political ideologies, religious ideologies, and how it's divided people, essentially. And you've got these two camps and these two sides, and we'll see... How God resolves that. That's what this book is all about. Simultaneously, we have an amazing Voice in the Martyrs calendar, which we want to give you for free. If there's any calendar to hang up, it's one of people who are doing amazing things. You know, have you like, I don't know. I feel like I've, I've, I've seen some interesting calendars before. Actually, I really like going to to Lyle and <laughs> Shell's place because I always see interesting calendars there, particularly ones of you guys usually have like airplanes and stuff, Ooh. like that, like cool airplane calendars and and cool things to do with uh, some kind of technological innovation or something like that. But that's also historical. That's like mm. Lyle to a T, like <laughs> technology and history, tractors, tractors, <laughs> yeah, you know, cars or whatever it may be. Uh, that's awesome. This is beautiful calendar we want to give it to you absolutely for free and i think it ties into the book a little bit too because it's about martyrdom you know Mm. and and the book is about extremisms that have led to such hatred which causes causes martyrdom yeah Mm. wow deep connection here hey zero four nine one zero six four six six nine you're listening to the breakfast show i got some text messages here as well firstly one in, coming in from Braden, he says, as much as I love New Zealand, the smoking ban plan has unfortunately been scrapped. And apparently it is to fund tax cuts. That makes huh. a lot of sense, right? Save p- pennies now to pay tons in health costs later. Oh yeah, That is super unfortunate. I didn't know that. 
That's crazy. I know. I know. Uh, Jacinda Ardern isn't the prime minister anymore. But Arnie Jacinda, what are you doing? Now, that's just all in New Zealand now. That's that's just like yeah. I'm like if any political problem happens in in uh, in New Zealand, I'm just like Arnie Jacinda. But um, that's that's, that's ter- money for Big Farmer as well in the end with all the yeah. um, situations that will happen with people. Oh, that's terrible. That's so sad. <laughs> what? Like, I need we need to do a bit more research into this and, yeah. and find out why. I mean, you know, Braden is is saying here it's you know to to fund tax cuts so they can tax places left less if they still smoke but that's that's like i don't know putting i don't know how people feel about this i'm gonna make the plain statement i'm gonna say i would rather pay more tax if everyone stopped smoking agreed like i like that's i would rather like maybe just pay less tax in general not that i like i know everyone <laughs> needs to pay tax but just paying tax is just like sad because mm. you know it's money that you yeah, earn, but... and you'll have to pay the tax eventually yes as, as Braden's point that's right you know if if they they're doing a cut now for political reasons just so that they can get reelected, and they're not going to be around in politics mm. probably still when when all of the kids grow up and the Smoke is destroying their health and and then it's somebody else's political problem, you know, and that's not right. Definitely not. This is like, oh, we could get into the flaws of democracy. Now, I'm not a (laughs) communist. I'm not a communist, guys. I don't believe in authoritarianism. I believe in Jesus. Amen. Uh, But... um, but yeah, it's it's something that we unfortunately see repeatedly in the West. It's it's been the subject of many an ICAC investigation in mm. Australia, in the United States, making policies and doing things just to get reelected. Um, you know, helping people in the short term that doesn't actually help the country in the long term. And that's why here at Faith the Family, we very much say there is no political party that you can actually fully align with. The only mm. person who you can align with is Christ, because he is the only person who has your best interest at heart Amen. clearly Hallelujah. you know we looked at new zealand we we're like yes new zealand is doing something amazing like they are t- they are world leaders in stopping smoking and now they're like oh yeah we actually scrapped that so that we could do tax cuts it's so lame so lame so sad uh wayne writes in he says i think the war is going on like pastor justin says now pastor justin politics and prophecy every mm. monday morning we do an interview with him says america cannot keep feeding money into it. america the land beast will need reinforcements soon america will have to give power over to the Pope, sea beast, to bring peace and safety. Now, this is Wayne commenting on, we see the 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 events of Revelation 13, mm. the prophecy of Revelation 13, which in the time we're living in now, we can very clearly identify that you know, we have the, the sea beast, which represents, uh, you know, fallen medieval Christianity and the mm-hmm. influences that has right throughout time to today, uh, the Vatican and whatnot, yeah. um, and then secondly, the the land beast, which is it's you could say it's political, it's it's final superpower, political um, arm mm. or branch of that. Well, do, that's doing the political bidding, and we can see that superpower as you know the Bible the Bible describes it as coming from a low populated area, then growing into the superpower of the world, looking like a lamb, mm. having that Christian influence, but speaking yep. like a dragon, you know, working to to control the world and whatnot. And and we can very clearly identify that as as the United States. And we mm-hmm. see, you know, them working in conjunction. Now Wayne is particularly making some comment on how exactly that'll go down. I think that we can maybe make predictions from what we can see right in front of us. But, uh, you know, it's it's also good to take a step back to focus on r- rather the bigger picture for the sake of maybe not getting caught up too much in the minutia. Yes. And we don't want to practice uh, newspaper prophecy, mm. which is 
you know, for example, like in the evangelical world, uh, yep. they're constantly guessing who the Antichrist is because they subscribe to a version of interpreting prophecy called futurism mostly. There are preterists which say that, oh, all prophecy happened around the time of Jesus and finished with, the, you know, in the era of Nero. Mm. Uh, there are historicists, which we would find ourselves in the camp in here at Faith FM, which is that all prophecy can be laid over history because God made predictions that were being fulfilled throughout all time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's so that is so sure that he even gives time periods for when those things would happen. Yeah. And then uh, there are a lot of evangelicals who subscribe to futurism and in futurism, you basically can't know who the Antichrist is. That's like the big thing. You can't know who the Antichrist is until the secret rapture takes place. Now, we also yeah. don't subscribe to a secret rapture here <laughs> at Faith FM. But um, you can't know who the Antichrist is until the secret rapture happens. So then they just constantly guess. And it's like, oh, it was Saddam Hussein. It was at one point, you know, I think there's still a few few people who subscribe to the idea that it might be Barack Obama or Osama <laughs> Bin Laden or, or a big computer in Belgium in the 70s. Like, mm. uh, And it, it just becomes a guessing game, whereas the Bible is sure. You know, we see these events unfold and it actually makes it very clear who those influences and powers uh, yes. today. I've got another text in. It says, I'm not 100% w- sure why I struggle with procrastination, but maybe there is a fear that I won't get what needs to be done in the time it needs to be done, which is strange as in no way does procrastination help it get done <laughs> in the time it needs oh, to be done. 100%. Isn't, isn't that the dilemma, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, I can't do this, so I'm going to put it off, which will make it harder to do, but it needs to be done. That's essentially what procrastination mm-hmm. is. That's that's what we train ourselves to do, and it's it's unfortunate. And I I think it's beautiful, as Jennifer Skews is saying, any habit that we've learned can be overcome. We can overcome our habits and our difficulties. We just need to identify what it is and work out how to fix it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491 Hmm. Now, we're going to be taking a little bit of a, turning a bit of a corner now into yes. our Bible study in the Psalms. But I think the, the overarching topic here, where is God? Mm. You know, we've, well, our topic for this week has been singing the Lord's song in a strange land. And that was actually a reference to a reading in Psalm 137 earlier this week. It's a Psalm where you've got the captives, the captives of Israel, mm-hmm. right, in Babylon. Yeah, uh, the captives of Judea. Israel by that time has already been destroyed and assimilated into Assyria. Now those in Judea have been, you know, the nation's been destroyed and they've ended up in Babylon as captives. And it's a beautiful scene, actually, like very intricate, I think. Mm-hmm. Very, very intricate scene of them. Maybe not beautiful, but maybe I think amazing in the sense of like, wow, this is, this is heavy. Like it's very dynamic, very layered. And we see that all the captives are there in in Babylon, yep. and they're, they're living in sorrow and they're lamenting the fact that their nation has been destroyed, that they had been given a task by God to be a light to the world. They had failed in that mm. because of their failure in that. Now they're captive in a foreign nation. And then they're being asked by the Babylonians there yep. as they're sitting on the riverbanks of Babylon. They're like, the, the Babylonians go, hey, like, 
you know, sing a song of Zion for us. Sing a song of your your peoples and your holy city, you know. And we mm. saw Babylon was very, uh, you could say, multicultural, and that was mm-hmm. because it was an empire that had that ruled over many different yes. countries and nations and people groups. And the Babylonians, they're asking, sing us a song of Zion. And the question that the, the psalmist asks is like, how shall I sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And the thought there is like all of the Lord's songs are about victory. Yes. All of the Lord's songs are about deliverance mm-hmm. and redemption. He's like, how could I, sitting in Babylon with my nation destroyed, sing songs of a redeeming, conquering God? Yeah. Isn't that like – it's a heavy question, right? Like It is a very – it, and it gets to maybe some some problems potentially with identity. Like, mm. how can I identify myself as as a follower of Yahweh, the God of heaven and earth, who declares that there are no more gods than mm. me, that there is nothing greater than than myself? Yet, as a follower of Him and as His people. We are sitting here in captivity. And the beautiful resolve of that psalm is like, despite this, I'll never forget the songs of Zion. Mm. I'll never forget. You know, like, may my my hands lose all skill if I forget how to play them. May Mm -hmm. my mouth lose all speech if I forget how to sing them. Yes. You know, the the resolve there is that, no, the the Redeemer God is real. He is true. We, right now, we are reaping the... uh, we are reaping the consequence of our own actions mm. and also of living in a world of sin Absolutely. in which, you know, there are all kinds of terrible actions happening and they're leading to all kinds of terrible outcomes, unfortunately. Mm. And now we get to the, the topic today, which is where is God? Where is God? When we're going through these heartaches, we're going through these trials and these yeah. struggles, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to innately, inevitably end up in them. Mm-hmm. But where is God? in our struggles. Let's pick it up in Psalm 42, and we'll start with the first three verses, if you can read that for us. Can do. Um, So I'll be reading it in the New King James Version, Psalm 42, verses 1 to 3. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? Mm. Wow. It's powerful. So, like, this is a classic song, right? Mm. I mean, we I sing love a lot of it. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Mm. You, know, um, you may go to my heart's desire how I yes. long to worship you. you know, a beautiful, beautiful hymn there. But it is coming from, that, that hymn is coming from a, a psalm here and it's actually, I have a subtitle in my Bible. It's called Yearning for God in the Midst of Distresses. Mm, yep. Uh, I, I think it's um, it, it's funny that that hymn we often sing in, and, and that follow-up line that's kind of added in there or supplanted that's that's not in the original psalm is like, you, my God, in my heart says, I how long to worship you. It's It mm. becomes a song of like, oh, God, I really long to worship you. I yes. long to come to church and to sing this song. And I think that's how many of us reflect in it. But its original context is like, God, like I'm a deer that's panting after water because I'm dehydrated. Like I'm dying. I'm dying. Like I'm at my wit's like end. Water is a necessity for life yeah. and it's, as if the, all that water was completely drained out of the body because he mm. is the living water after all. Yeah. This is deep, bro. My tears have been my food day and night. 
while they continually say to me, where is your God? So that's basically straight up like choosing not to eat or drink kind yeah. of thing. And you're just like mourning over the fact of that. In a way, mm. we feel that loss of connection, mm-hmm. but God is there no matter what tribulation we're in. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. It's like running on tears. Yeah. This, this guy's running on tears here. Like my food, tears have been my food day and night. Like constantly sad. And then he's kind of being derided here. It's while they continually say mm. to me, where is your God? Man, this is a line. This is like, this is such a good line. This is like, I, I, I grew up listening to lots of... um. This is, you know, coming from my my days as you know when I was a Christian. I grew up <laughs> listening to lots of sad music. I was really mm. connected. I really connected to like music that was like sad. Maybe it was about like, you know, I, I remember being like thirteen, fourteen, and like I listened to music about like breakups or like yeah. relationships going <laughs> oh, bad and stuff like that. And I, I was like, those days. And I remember just like <laughs> relating with it so much, even though I was like fourteen, and like <laughs> you got these adults talking about very adult situations, and me being like, yeah, I'm sad, like them, you know, like whether it's like feeling just like fourteen year old like identity crisis, whatever it mm. may be. Um, man, this line is is a banger. Like put into that context, uh, you know, my tears have been my food day and night. Like this person is living in a cycle of perpetual struggle, um, Absolutely. perpetual heartache uh, and turmoil because of, you know, and, it, and it, while continually they say to me, where is your God? I think if they're in a context where they're being questioned in regard to the presence of their God, you know, maybe this is coming from a, a situation of captivity, mm. um, whether they're a prisoner of war, whether they've ended up in, in Babylon or, you know, this is written to the sons of Korah. So we know that this is pre-exile, but I could imagine this contemplation like, coming from a person, yeah, again, being derided over their following of God. And I think yes. in the context we live in today, mm. where so many people around you know, don't believe in God and and when you struggle as a Christian, and I know that I've experienced this to some degree, struggling as a Christian or having those, you know, certain issues and yeah. and people who aren't from that persuasion just saying like, oh, why don't you just give it up and do something else, mm. right? Like, it's like, oh, this, you know, this doesn't seem to be making your life better. And I thought you were Christian. Like, things are supposed Absolutely. to be easy. So, so, like, why? Why are you even it's sad? It's a common struggling? misconception about Christianity saying mm-hmm. that, oh, life's just going to be easy when you follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And Christ never says that in the Bible. Like, we have to pick up our cross and follow him daily. We choose to be his disciple. We choose to go through the process of sanctification, of being cleansed from sin and repenting any time that we end up sinning again because that's our natural habit to end up falling but a righteous man picks up, like stands up again instead of falling down, whereas the wicked one stays down mm. on the ground. And that's just the beautiful thing that no matter what we go through in those times, even though we might feel extremely far from God, as we draw nearer to God, he draws mm. close to us. As I was reading this morning for my devotion, it's just like um, James is writing in um, chapter four, mm. draw closer to God and he'll draw closer to you. Mm. And that's the beautiful thing. Even though we may feel like there's a distance between God and us, he's actually there close because we've been coming to him no matter mm. what. And I really believe in those circumstances, like, again, God works things for the betterment of mm. his will. And Absolutely. you might be hear that statement and think, oh, wait, so God just like, makes bad things happen because he wants to happen because it's better for him. But you got to understand God's will is to wholly and solely benefit us, mm-hmm. right? Like God's will is like God desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Absolutely. Like there is no greater reward in this world or no greater future or life than a life 
saved mm. and then, then experiencing salvation and living with God for eternity. Like there, there's no, there's nothing better than that. Like there is, so God will work situations and unfortunately pain will happen. Uh, and, and the, the, it's not that God causes pain to happen so that people can be saved. We, we've caused pain yes. to happen. We have caused pain and sin and suffering to happen, but God will work through that mm-hmm. and people will, will receive that and not necessarily just immediately receive you know, absolving mm. or, or an absolution to that because it might be better for them or for others in the long run. And I love, it just says here, hope in God um, for, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Like it, to continue to praise him despite these difficult circumstances, I think God is still working, he can still work and amazing things, beautiful things can happen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I'm by myself, Lawson, got Nikita in the studio as well, doing a great job, and Shell on the decks as usual. And guys, this is it. This is the final opportunity to get in for, we have the Atheism Prophecy here before me, this amazing book by Ivan Myers, How Christianity Fueled Atheism, how Mm. we have seen the divide between these particular... and even like it from its outset, you know, we saw the rise of, of atheism come as a result of, well, I think many things. I think there were many people living godless lives throughout all of mm, history. Yeah. But culturally, atheism, you know, came, was very much bolstered by the, you could say, the scientific community's adherence to the, to the doctrine or the belief in evolution. Yeah. Uh, which very much was, was coming around a time at which there was like, a great some while there was a great awakening within Christianity, mm-hmm. while many people were turning back to the Word of God, there was on the other side many people turning towards. Oh, here's a a new godless explanation of where mm-hmm. our world comes from. It's it's we see from the very outset this yep. divide taking place and how they have grown and grown and grown and gotten more extreme. And that's what this book is about. But it's how God is speaking to that, as well as the voice of the martyrs car- calendar that we want to give you too. Absolutely. So right now, listen to we have the quiz question the final question for today so this one's a multiple choice the question is in the list of the tribes of israel which tribe is almost always named first is it a levi b reuben c simeon or d judah i'll repeat the question again is the list of the tribe sorry in the list of the tribes of israel which tribe is almost always named first a levi b Reuben, C, Simeon, or D, Judah? Mm. You know the answer there? Hey, 0491064669. That is the number to text. And again, guys, this isn't for Friday. This is for this afternoon. We have a draw every single day. So get your answers there. It's A, B, C, or D. If you don't know, look, it's it's one of four. Just text in <laughs> a letter. Hey, you got a few text messages here. Firstly, David Edgar writes in, Shell Lawson and Nikita have a wonderful hump day. It's, of course, hump <laughs> day. It's Wednesday. Um, from, you know, uh, this is David from, from Ellen Brook, attendee of SDA Clarkson over in Western Australia. Oh, bless. Also, we've got a text in from a question in from Karen. Yes. She writes, my husband asks, why God lets bad things happen. I guess if we didn't have bad things in the world, how could we judge the difference between good and bad to ultimately make the right choice? That's actually, that's a great question. Mm. That's a great question. It's a great thought. I I think it's, and that's been expressed a number of different ways in Christian 
theology. Yes. And I think some that make God look good and some that maybe make God look bad. Like, for example, there's a type of theology or a theodicy. It's, it's uh, Irenaean theodicy. It is a reflection of the works of Irenaeus, who was a theologian in, like, 200 AD. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, like, early, early Christianity. Yeah. And his theodicy was that God allowed sin to happen. In fact, God wanted sin to happen because it would make us better off in in the long run. And when I see, like, this sentiment, I see a bit of that reflecting through, like, uh, bad things happen so that we can judge the between good and bad and mm. ultimately make the right choice. Like, it's better that sin exists. I want to say this. Firstly, God didn't make bad things happen. Yes. God didn't choose bad things to happen. God didn't sit up there and says, yes, I want sin to take place. Mm. That was our decision. Absolutely. And you could say, well, why did God put the tree in the garden? And this reflects actually how loving God is. And God is so loving that he wants to give us freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. Love can only exist with freedom of choice. But when there's freedom of choice, then there comes after that risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, The risk was for God. It's like, I'm going to give people freedom of choice, but also they have the ability with that freedom of choice you know, it's not a limited in the sense that, oh, you can choose what color you wear today, but whether you love me or not, <laughs> mm-hmm. that like, you, no, God said that your freedom of choice extends to whether you want to be with me or not, Absolutely. because that's what's most valuable to me, love. And so he puts the tree in the garden, he gives clear instruction from it. And that was a litmus test or a representation mm. of like, do you love me or not? Absolutely. We have those, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah. You can't force a person to be in a relationship with you because that's taking someone hostage. Yeah. Like it's not a beauty and the beast situation where in the end you end up falling in love. Yeah. It's kind of a, you either choose to be with me or I'm going to respect you and you can be separate from me. Yeah. Now the unfortunate reality of that, of being separate from God is that you are then exposed to death, Mm. sin, depravity, like all of those things like that. That is everything that's outside of God is that Mm. because God represents goodness and wholeness and, Mm -hmm. and, and love and life, all of those things. And we made the step as humans, we made the choice. We said, okay, we are going to choose to separate ourselves from God. That's represented by the fact that we ate the fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, Eve and Adam, they, they took of the fruit. They, they partook, they ate, they said God's clear instructions, which again, like, you might again. It, it, the question comes up, like, "Oh, it's so harsh that God would have such dire consequences to doing something like eating the fruit." But again, like eating the fruit represented basically one of the only ways in which they could have been disobedient to God. Mm-hmm. God and God made that clear. Absolutely. Like, this is this is how you're disobedient to me, and this is my standard in a relationship. And by the way, every relationships have standards. And that is not a bad thing. Yes. Although like a narrative is being pushed now that potentially, you know, in relationships, whether it's multiple partners or this and that and the other is okay. It's not okay. Like Mm. love is exclusivity. I mean, love can happen in a community, but but intimacy should be exclusive because in intimacy there's, there's trust. And, Mm. you know, when it comes to relationships between people, for example, like it, it is, it's not good. Like polyamory is not a good thing. You know, we should be we should be faithful to one person, and mm. that standard exists. And like the litmus test of that is like, okay, yes, I love my say my wife. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not married, but let's say <laughs> I, I was married. I love my wife, and the litmus test for that is that I don't go sleeping around, mm. right? I don't have relationships or intimate 
physical relationships with other people Definitely. that represents my love to my wife and that love is seen in my faithfulness mm-hmm. to her. A hundred percent. God creates a standard in this relationship. He makes it clear the consequences of that standard. Mm. Like if you eat of the fruit, you'll be separated from me. And the result of that is that you'll die. Absolutely. And as humans, like we had the opportunity and the ability, we could have chosen to not listen to Satan, Mm. to not eat the fruit and there would be no sin and everyone would be happy and we would be living our best lives. That is a potential outcome for the world we are living in. Mm. But we chose different from that. And the beautiful thing is, despite our awful choice, which has plunged us into a world full of sin and death and depravity and suffering, God chose to save us, Mm. to extend us grace. Like this is how beautiful salvation is. I, I think a Calvinist or a person who believes in predestination, they reflect on the problem of evil and they're like, oh, God is so loving because he's so sovereign and he makes us safe. The way I see it, God is so loving because we made the worst possible choice Mm -hmm. and God extends grace to us despite that. Yes. And that shows his love to us. And now we have the choice to come back to him, to choose him, to choose repentance. And what's beautiful there, it's, it's, the win-win of that situation is not only do we make a choice, you know, of justification, a choice to be saved, uh, and we can come to God and repent, but then he furthermore extends to us power, living grace, the Holy Spirit to work in us, to change us, to make us, you could say, to grow us in this life, but also to prepare us for a life and an eternity to come. You know, God has done everything to save us, and what that took is the death of himself and his son, you mm. know, to hang on a cross to save us. That is how much God loves you. He chose you despite you choosing against him. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is right now come time for us, again, like every single day of the week, to spin that wheel. So give it to us. And we have the wheel spinning here. It's spinning. Oh, Oh, there are names flying around this circle. And we have a winner for today. Congratulations to Michael, who has won himself uh, The Atheism Prophecy, How Christianity Fueled Atheism by Ivan Myers, as well as an amazing Voice of the Martyrs calendar. We'll get both of those to you as soon as possible. Congratulations. Thank you for playing throughout today. I'm going to get through some of the answers now and see, yeah, what, yes. what was the go? What was the go? Okay, so when Jesus asked, whom do you think I am, which disciple answered, thou art the Christ? Awesome. It was Peter. It was Peter who answered that. And I love, uh, yeah, whom do you think I am? Thou art the Christ. We're talking about Shakespearean or old English Mm. yesterday on the show. Thou art the Christ. I love that one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was was Peter and it's beautiful. It's actually interesting. Like Peter is rebuked after this Mm. for for kind of, um, but yeah, you know, it's some interesting views, some interesting ideas. But I think at this point, Peter and the disciples, the 12, they realize like, Jesus is the son of God. Like, mm. And it's it's asked in around the time, you know, the, the further question asked is like, like, will you leave me also? Jesus asks. Yes. He sees many disciples are leaving and uh, the, the 12, they get asked, are you going to leave me also by Jesus? Mm. Uh, and they say, well, where are we going to go? Mm. We've sold everything. Where are we going to go? Like we're here. Like yeah. we're, we're in. We know who you are. Mm. Powerful stuff. Hey, 
Let's continue on. Yes. True or false? The name Leviticus comes from Levi, the name of the priestly tribe that superintended the tabernacle and the sacrifices. Yeah, it's true. It is true. It is about that because Leviticus, if you read Leviticus, is mm-hmm. all about the temple and it's all about, well, this is the beautiful thing. It's all about the temple sacrifices and rituals, mm. which further reflect all about Jesus. Yes. It's basically Leviticus is one of the most Christ-centric books there is. It's looking at how these temples, like it's it's outlining like, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens in the temple, but mm-hmm. all of those different aspects, all of those feasts and whatnot all represent something that Jesus did, mm. all represent the way he gave his life, the work that God would do throughout all time. It's, it's really, really beautiful. It's a really beautiful book. It, it, people often talk about like, oh yeah, I read through Genesis and Exodus, but man, I got to Leviticus and... <laughs> You know, I started talking about days of atonement and lambs <laughs> and sacrifices and priests. And it, it it can be a hard read, but I think when we put those glasses on of like, how can I see Jesus in this? Mm. Oh, man, it, it it's a new book. It's powerful. That's fascinating. Okay. And then the third question for the answer for that, in which of the Corinthians does Paul tell us that he was under such pressure in Asia that he felt the sentence of death? Yeah, it was in Second Corinthians. This is representing his his travels. He was often getting around. He was going between Ephesus and Corinth. They were mm-hmm. like the two places that he visited the most. Like Ephesus in Asia, like yep. you know, in the province of Asia. Corinth over the sea. You know, I believe it's like the, the Mediterranean mm. there. And um and yeah, like these are the places where he spent quite a bit of of time. And so now he's yes. writing to the Corinthians, saying like, "Hey, you know, on my trips back to Asia, like I've I've struggled. Like mm-hmm. it's been it's been heavy. It's been persecution. It's been." Difficult times. Yes, absolutely. And then the fourth one was a fill in the blank. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke twenty two forty four. Mm. And then finally here in the list of tribes of Israel, which tribe is almost always named first? And that is the tribe of Reuben. Reuben. Yeah, the tribe of Reuben. So if you got answers correct, congratulations. Congrats to Michael Israeli writes in. Uh, very, you know, thank you both very much. I have learned and grown so much by listening to your breakfast show. God bless. Amen. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank and, you, and yeah, you know, we have to thank God here. We have to think, thank uh, Faith FM mm. as well for creating this platform where we can get on the breakfast show every single morning, teach the word and uplift Christ. Like we are incredibly blessed and, and we get to interact with you guys as well. And we appreciate that so much. Definitely. Seeing the text messages throw, roll through, seeing the quiz answers roll through. We are incredibly blessed to, to be here and to have uh, that. Um, yeah. To have those interactions guys. Thank you so much for the, uh, the various, you know, uh, text messages and answers that came through. Do you want to get that text message for us? Yeah, it says, welcome back, team, by Sky. Yeah, Sky, long-time listener, Sky. Thank you. Yeah, we are back. We're back into this year. Um, and we've come to the end of the show, Nikita. It's flown by. It, it's- it really has. Like, it's it's really like we've picked it up again this mm. year, you know, back into the show, back into the Bracky show every morning. And it is just going quick again. Yes, this month has basically gone by. Tomorrow is February. <laughs> February. <laughs> God, I'm still in like November of 2022. Like, what is what is that, happening? That's studying. That's like, like I'm still, man. I'm, I'm. I don't know. I don't know where I am right now. Hey, I. Well, I do know where I am. I'm in the breakfast <laughs> show studio. We are giving away things absolutely for free. You know what? I got a book this morning. 
Uh, this is this is a banger right here. You ready for this? Yes. Uh, like, as usual, at the end of the show, we give away something absolutely for free. You don't need to answer any questions. All you need to do is text through book to 0491 I've got a book here. It's by Nancy Van Pelt, and it's titled Love, A Field Guide for Single Adults. Hey, <laughs> are you single right now? And do you want some advice on how you can best go about finding yourself in a relationship? Or furthermore... <laughs> Finding contentment in singleness. This is the book for you. 0491-064-669 is the number to text. We'll send that to you for free. The first text it through, we'll get it. But I, I think that this is fantastic advice. Many of us mm. uh, are single. And we're single until we're with someone or we're single maybe forever. We don't know where you are on that spectrum, but what we know is you probably need advice from God. Hey, Guys, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you're very strong. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.